Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hey there. Welcome to your Yogi Scope for the full moon in August 2022. So this is happening this Thursday. As I'm recording this, it's Tuesday. If you hang around here a lot, you know that my schedule is all wonky because I'm in a yoga therapy training. I just had a weekend of training and I also went to the Asheville yoga festival called the Love Shine Play Festival. So that's been two weekends where my work week has been cut short because I've been doing yoga stuff on the weekend. And in between, I got COVID. So I bring that up because um, we're going to talk about some things on this podcast episode of like stuff over the past themes of the past couple years, like since 2020 that are being brought up by the current astrological happenings and how you could maybe leverage this full moon to intentionally release some of that stuff to set yourself up to stepping into a new way of being, which is kind of the idea. You know, astrology, it's an iterative process where we set new intentions and release old habits, ways of being, uh, thought patterns, whatever, uh, even situations, you know. We go through this iterative process of setting intentions of how we want to show up and releasing old ways, even if those old ways of showing up were one at one point an intention we set because things don't serve us forever, right? Um, you, you know, something that, that's what the term maladaptive means, like it's, you know, something we do to adapt to a certain situation becomes maladaptive. When even if it at one point was a very needed adaptation, it becomes no longer a good adaptation. Some some things start out as maladaptive, like they're they're what we need to do to cope with a certain situation, but they're not healthy. So we're going to talk about that stuff. We're going to talk about patterns, um, the idea that if you don't choose your patterns, your patterns, you fall into them. We all have patterns, right? So if you don't intentionally choose them, we will fall into maladaptive patterns. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff, some themes that from the past, you know, since 2020, themes since early 2020, themes of the pandemic that are kind of being brought up and rehashed. And that's kind of what happens all the time in astrology anyway. It's just all an iterative process. The new and full moons are the easiest way to see that. Like um, they just move through the signs every month. Um, like our last new moon was in Cancer and now we have we're having a full moon in um Capricorn right now sidereal Capricorn so the western astrologers in the world have already gone on and started talking about Leo season, Lionsgate, blah blah blah, all that stuff. I'm sure you've seen it too if you exist on social media at all. 
Um, even if, even if you're here paying attention to Vedic astrology, that stuff is ubiquitous. I'm starting to notice even people who were like never interested in astrology before talking about the lion's gate. It's a big deal, whatever. So, um, just FYI, the sun doesn't actually move into Leo until next week. So in, in Vedic astrology here, we use the sidereal zodiac, which is for the most part, astronomically accurate. There still are some differences. Um, like for example, we just assign each sign to be 30 degrees or whatever, because 360 divided by 12 is 30. But in reality, all the signs don't span exactly 30 degrees. Some are a little shorter, some are a little longer. Um, and there's also a 13th sign, Ophiuchus. But FYI, fun fact, Ophiuchus is completely encapsulated within sidereal Scorpio. So Scorpio as a sign is actually very small um, portion of the sky. So we'll just percent, pretend Ophiuchus and Scorpio are the same. It's not that serious. But just if you didn't know, Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac, which is way more astronomically accurate, um, which feels good to me, you know. And so just try it on for size if you're here um, and you didn't know that. Try it on for size. See what you think. Um, otherwise, I don't know. Stick to the tropical zodiac if you really like it. Um, anyway, but I suspect if you're here, like something about Vedic astrology resonates with you or maybe you just found stumbled upon here by accident. Welcome either way. So the main focus I have for you for this episode is the full moon, which is happening, as I mentioned, in sidereal Capricorn, um, which is directly across, if you didn't know, from Cancer. That's true in the sidereal or um, tropical zodiac. So Capricorn and Cancer form an axis. They're directly across from each other. And this axis has a lot to do with boundaries. So we kind of talked about that on the last new moon episode, thinking about boundaries, setting intentions around boundaries, because like I talked about, the archetype of cancer is a crab. So crabs have this nice, sweet, soft meat inside, um, but they're surrounded by a hard shell exterior. Um, Capricorn is, is kind of similar to that archetype in that um, Everybody always thinks of Capricorns as like really rigid, structured. Um, in fact, some keywords for moon in Capricorn are um, restricted or controlled emotions. And so Venus also is in Cancer right now. So the theme of the Cancer Capricorn axis. So FYI, we had our last new moon in Cancer. This one's happening in Capricorn because the moon is in Capricorn, but the sun is still in Cancer. That's why I bring that up. In the sky, the sun is still in Cancer right now and, and will be at the time of the full moon until next Tuesday is when the August 16th is when the sun enters Leo. Um, so the sun, so at a full moon, what constitutes a full moon astronomically is when the Sun and the moon are directly across from each other in the sky. So um, the sun's in one sign and the moon is directly across on the other side, which means from our perspective on Earth, the moon is being entirely lit up by the sun. So at a new moon, from our perspective, 
the sun and the moon are in the same sign. They're completely conjoined in the, in the sky, which means the moon is receiving no light from the sun. It's completely dark in shadow. Um, so that's why, that's where we get the archetype in astrology that a new moon is a time for setting intentions because you can think of it like a seed, like you plant a seed into the darkness. You put it under the, under the soil, it's completely in darkness. And then over the period of the wax, or, or, yeah, waxing moon, while the moon is moving towards full, it's getting more and more light from the sun. Um, and what is, what does seeds need to grow? Light from the sun, right? Among other things. Um, and then so at the full moon, the, the moon is re receiving as much light as it gets from the sun. And the only way to go from there is down. So we release. And that, that purely, that astronomical, astronomical idea is where we get the archetypes for why we set intentions at the full, or at the new moon, sorry, and release things at the full moon. And if y'all know, if you've been around here for a while, I always say it's not that serious. Just do each thing about once a month. You'll be fine. Like, it's a good practice. You could switch it if you preferred. You know, you could you could set your intentions at the full moon and release at the new moon. I don't care. I just think it's a good practice to do, to continually be moving through this iterative process of moving closer to where you want to be by thinking about things that are no longer aligned and releasing them and setting intentions for how you do want to show up and just continually, continuously doing that in, in an intentional way on a regular basis. So you could do it with the moon cycle or you could not. Um, but so I'm going to, so we're talking about that cancer and Capricorn for the moon, but there's some other important things happening in the sky that affect this energy for sure. So, um, Saturn is retrograding in Capricorn, which, and it will damn near be conjoined the moon at the time of the, so during the full moon phase, for sure, the moon will conjoin Saturn, but just not right at the peak. So the peak of the full moon is happening right about 25 degrees of Capricorn and at that moment Saturn will be at 27 so it's only like two degrees apart it's really close um and Venus will be over there in Cancer with the sun so we have this idea that the sun is illuminating Cancer matters Venus love matters so Venus and Cancer has to do with you know our boundaries around love around creativity um you know do we set are we too rigid or do we set appropriate boundaries so that these things can flow well, right? Um, so I think it's, I don't know if it's Brene Brown that says this or she just often quotes it, but like a boundary is something to the effect of, and I'm not even probably going to quote it right, but the idea is that a boundary is the closest distance you can have somebody else and love both them and yourself simultaneously. So we don't want to be giving so much love away that we're not having anything left for ourselves, but we don't want to be so self-focused that we're not able to show up for other people in the way that we would hope other people would show up for us. So it's this constant dance, this idea of like, how do we let people in, not be too walled off, but also not let people in so much that we're not... Um, there's nothing left for ourselves after we give, give, give. 
to others, right? So that's the idea of boundaries. It's not about being so walled off that you no longer let people in. And often, you know, you'll hear me quote Brene Brown a lot because I love her. Um, <laughs> so um, there's this idea, she, another Brene Brown idea is that when you first start setting boundaries, we become what's called a boundary bully, where we kind of swing too far the other direction and um, are kind of like mean to people because we don't know how to set boundaries in a loving way. So that's kind of the archetype of Venus and Cancer, which it just entered Cancer um, on August 6th, which was last Saturday at the time of this recording. And it will be in Cancer until the 31st of this month, which is when it enters Leo. So for the rest of the month, um, and I mean, we had our last new moon was in Cancer. So for the rest of the month, that's kind of being indicated, like, what are your your boundaries around love, around creating space for your own um, creative needs, your own self-love? Because often what is like having a creative practice, but it's like self-expression, right? So are you creating space for that? Do you have time and energy for that after you've given your love to others? You know, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? But we don't want to fill our cup so much that we're never pouring into others because then our cup just overflows and it goes nowhere, right? So we want, we do want to be pouring into others. Um, I just bring that up because like, I, I think a lot of times what I see in the spiritual community is, is tending towards this idea of spiritual narcissism. And you might hear me talk about that a lot where it's like, extremely self-focused and why do we work on ourselves if not to make the world a better place not just our inner world but so that we can show up better for others but I have to give the caveat that like I'm a person that tends towards codependency and I can't predict where any single individual listening to this podcast might be um, tending towards codependency or tending towards more towards that hyper independence I, I think I see both equally as much so you just have to kind of check in with where you are on that spectrum um and that's what Venus in Cancer is about which is with the sun Venus is in Cancer with the sun so that's why it's um being brought up especially with this full moon and then like I was mentioning Cancer and Capricorn form an axis right so this whole idea of structure and boundaries and love and nurturing others and nurturing ourselves is what's really being indicated by this full moon. And then meanwhile, Saturn's also retrograding in Capricorn with the moon. So the moon has to do with our mind and emotions. So, and Saturn is uh, structures. So not just like, and so is Capricorn. Capricorn is like larger societal structures at, at lar- you know, like the government, um, just the way societal institutions, things like that are indicated by Capricorn. Saturn rules Capricorn, so it has a lot of similar qualities, but we can also think about our structures in our life, like our routines. Um, And so having to do with the moon being there, almost conjoined retrograding Saturn and Capricorn, are there any, is there anything you could shed, you know, in your life to create more space to have a routine to care for your own mind and emotions, I think, is also being brought up by this full moon. And like I started to mention at the beginning, um, Saturn has been in Capricorn 
since early 2020. January-ish of 2020 is when it made its first entry into Capricorn, and it's been moving through Capricorn and, and taking little dips into Aquarius ever since. So when Saturn went retrograde in June... It's, this is its final retrograde through Capricorn for this cycle. So it started, it moved into Aquarius in like April of this year. And also briefly, it moved into Aquarius last summer and then retrograded back into Capricorn for sort of the fall through the winter. And then in April of this year, Saturn moved into Aquarius where it was for like a month and a half until it began its retrograde motion in Aquarius and in July, it retrograded back to Capricorn. And so what I see with these longer transits, so things like Saturn, Jupiter, uh, Rahu, and K2, is that towards the end of the transit, we see that things that started with the beginning of the transit get brought up again, and they almost like come to a head. It's almost like it gets worse. Or better, I guess, if you've worked through the stuff. So that's why I mentioned at the beginning that I had COVID. So early, I this is the first time I've been like sick with COVID. Actually, that's not true. I think I had it in March of 2020 before we thought that it was like in the area that I that like where I live. Um, so I never even tested because I had it like the week before everything shut down. But I remember losing my sense of smell to the point where. When it came back, I thought I was pregnant because we were trying for my second kid at the time. And I remember um, pregnancy, like it makes your sense of smell heightened. So when my sense of smell came back, I thought that I was, I thought it was like a symptom of pregnancy, but it wasn't. It was just my sense of smell was gone and then it was back. And I didn't know that was a COVID symptom until later. Um, so anyway, that's just an example of how something, you know, it was always like, like, my kids' daycare would shut down because of COVID or something. Like, that's what I've seen happen a bunch in my life related to Saturn through Capricorn. And also, like, I, I only share this stuff about myself because I'm trying to illustrate a point of how astrology works. Um, and so as I'm an Aquarius, which means Saturn is retrograding in Capricorn through my 12th house because Capricorn is the sign before Aquarius. Um, so it's in the, the house before my first house, which is losses, 12th house. So for me, Saturn retrograde has been a lot of loss of routine, right? 12th house loss, Saturn routine structures. Um, and just like everything about my life has changed over the past two and a half years. And you might have experienced something similar, but it might not be loss of routine. That's why I bring that up. So like wherever Saturn is retrograding for you, which by the way, that's what I'm going to be talking about in the member sign-by-sign -sign episode that's going to go out um, because the full moon is happening. The moon will be in Capricorn, so we're going to be talking about where Capricorn is in each sign's chart. So um, I do think the most major shifts related to this full moon will be happening for Aries, Libra, Capricorn and Cancer folks, if your moon or ascendant is in any of those signs, Aries, Libra, Capricorn or Cancer, because for all of you all, it's happening in one of your Kendra houses, meaning one of the big four areas of life, your um, first, fourth, seventh or 10th house for you folks. That's what this full moon is happening in. Um, 
we'll talk about it more in the sign by sign in the membership episode. Um, but so I just bring this up because I think that is one way that patterns. So just notice in your life lately, especially since perhaps the new moon in cancer, or if you can think back to like, you know, what's been coming up repeated, repeatedly for you since June, or even like, did anything become more so of a pattern coming up since July 12th, which is when Saturn moved back into Capricorn from Aquarius. So has anything gotten harder? Um, Like, so the reason I bring that up is like, for me since then, like, I returned from maternity leave right around the time Saturn moved into Aquarius. And then I was like, great. I was like in a rhythm. Life was doing awesome. And then right around the time Saturn went retrograde is when stuff started happening and I started getting out of routine again. So that's what I noticed in my life. So if you're an Aquarius rising or moon, you might notice something similar. But um, no matter what your signs are, you're probably, you can probably dive into where Capricorn is for you, which if, so if you're in the membership, I'm just going to tell you. But otherwise, if you need help figuring it out, I made a great free tool for that. It's called the Birth Chart Decoder. You can either go to yogiscopes.com slash decoder, D-E-C-O-D-E-R, and download the worksheet. It's free. Or you can go to yogiscopes.com slash chart, which is where you'll get your Vedic birth chart. That's also free. Um, and then at the bottom of that page, you can sign up for the decoder. You'll get it emailed to you. And you can start to decipher what house Capricorn is in and you can dive into research about what that house means and um, that's how you kind of piece together the pieces of the puzzle to figure out what it means for you or you can join the membership and I just tell you. Um, Anyway, so wherever Capricorn is for you, that area of life that that house represents is probably experiencing some reshaping, some review, rethinking of how your routines and life and structures in your life are set up related to that area of life. Um, So yeah, like, we'll talk more about it in the membership, but the reason I bring it up is this full moon, if there, if you are, if you do know what lesson keeps coming up since early 2020 um, related to wherever Capricorn is for you, you might start to shed, you know, that's like I said earlier, astrology is this iterative process and it will keep, life will keep bringing up the same shit until you work through it. So, um, so yeah, so wherever Capricorn is for you, is there, is there anything hard going on about that house? Is there anything you want to let go of? Um, Related to that house. So let's get into a little bit more stuff that's happening astrologically before I tell you the yoga practices and journal prompts for this full moon. It's going to all make sense, I promise. Um, So also this week on Wednesday, the day before the full moon, Wednesday, August 10th, um, Mars is entering Taurus. And that has a very much... So the word... I can think of for Mars and Taurus is excavation, like digging your heels in, digging deep. Um, so Mars has this 
this warrior energy, this like drive energy. And Taurus is often like everybody always makes fun of Taurus. Like if you ever see Taurus memes, they're about like, oh, Taurus are the ones that just like to chill and eat good food and blah, blah, blah. And like um, Taurus is ruled by Venus uh, and it's an earth sign. So that's kind of the archetype, like enjoying the finer things, kind of slowing down. Um, but when you put Mars there in Taurus, it is bringing this dig deep, dig your heels in and get the work done kind of vibe. Um, that's often like, it's, you know, the tortoise and the hare. I think of it as, it's like the tortoise energy, like just keep plodding away. Um, it's steady, it's endurance, right? It's things you need endurance for. Um, giving you the the kind of endurance and drive and perseverance you need to kind of power through um, whatever it is you need to power through that could also be related to where Taurus is. And so I bring that up because now the nodes of the moon, Rahu and K2, are in uh, Libra and Aries, respectively, which FYI are Aries is ruled by Mars, Libra is ruled by Venus. So anything that Mars and Venus do during this entire transit until next November or October or whatever it is, when late 2023, when the nodes move on, this whole time while Rahu and Ketu are in Aries and Libra, because they're Venus and Mars ruled signs, everything that Venus and Mars do is like extra impactful during this time. So that's also why I've spent a lot of time focusing on even though, you know, they're the other two things that just moved this week, Venus into Cancer, which is ruled by the moon and is also where the full or where the sun is. So that's where the full moon is happening all over Cancer and Capricorn. And then Mars also moved into Taurus. And that's a pretty big deal. Um, and so if you think back to like the eclipses at the, the end of 2020, so you might remember the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that happened at the end of 2020, and that was like right around eclipse season. Um, so starting with that eclipse season, and then the other the two eclipses that were in 2021, so all three of those eclipse sets, um, if you think about the kind of stuff you were working through then, or if you look to where Taurus and Scorpio are in your chart, that stuff is being indicated again as well. And I mentioned that at the beginning of this year in the um, outlook for the entire year for 2022. I, I mentioned that we wouldn't be done with Taurus and Scorpio things because Mars would be retrograding through Taurus towards the end of the year. Well, this is the first um, glimpse of that energy we're getting. So Mars is in Taurus now. It'll be there for a little bit. And then it will move into Gemini, I believe, next month. But I don't have the date in front of me. But um, it will move into Gemini briefly before it then begins its retrograde motion and then spends a couple months retrograding through Taurus. So it's going to be another chance to kind of work through that Taurus and Scorpio energy, which is why I also like the Western astrologers are talking about how the nodes are in are in Taurus and Scorpio right now. And that's why I'm like, they're not always wrong because even though the particulars are different, the energy kind of works out to be the same. So if you do also follow Western astrologers or whatever, maybe you are a Western astrologer yourself um, or you have more of a background in Western astrology, it's okay. Just know that I think from what I've seen, 
especially for even from people who've had their charts read by Western astrologers and then they come to me, it's like we pretty much come up with the same shit, you know. Um, it's just the particulars are different. So so don't worry about it, you know. Anyway, so in this meantime, I was looking up Mars will go retrograde in Gemini on October 31st. It enters Gemini on October 15th. So it will just spend two weeks in October um, in Gemini before it then goes retrograde in Gemini and then in um, November 13th. So just about a month it will be in Gemini between October 15th to November 13th of this year. And then it will go back and retrograde through Taurus into next January. Um, and then it will have to retraverse the ground in Taurus that it was in, right? The, or the ground, the area of this guy um, that it was in. So this is just the beginning of this Mars and Taurus energy. So if you've had stuff you've been working through related to the pandemic, related to things you were doing while we were all in lockdown, that kind of stuff is kind of being reindicated right now for the rest of the year because um, Mars will be moving through Taurus and Mars rules Scorpio. So it's like drawing and Taurus is directly across from Scorpio. So it's just drawing this connection again, activating the Taurus Scorpio axis again, giving us another chance to have the stamina to rework through issues that may be related to that axis in your chart or things that you are working through um, from late 2020 all the way through like March of this year. And so if you are unsure, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, the particulars of the astrology don't really matter because it's kind of the same shit coming up because Saturn and Mars in uh, Capricorn and Taurus and Scorpio respectively. So, so yeah, so that's, I mean, we're not done with the energy of, the pandemic and all that, unfortunately, and I was telling some folks that in, in readings earlier this year, I remember saying, like, you know, this stuff's going to come up again, and here we are, it's coming up again. So now it's the beginning of it. So all of that, I bring all of that up to say, to, to point out that um, this full moon is a time to plan what pieces of that you want to work through. You know, are there things coming up? Is there anything you want to let go? Um, and let's talk about how to do that. Now let's talk about the full moon specifically. Hopefully now I've, I've made sense of everything else, how it's all working together, because that's, I mean, that's what astrology is, is understanding how all of the energies are playing out together holistically to impact our lives, right? And then we look specifically at the full moon or any one specific thing, but it all works together and it all matters. Um, so anyway, this full moon is happening in Capricorn. It's happening in the lunar mansion of Danishta, which is also where Saturn is retrograding, as I mentioned. Danishta has to do with, um, so its symbol is a drum. Uh, and so it has this connection to rhythm. Uh, it's also said to be the nakshatra of symphonies. It translates to the wealthiest one. So if I could say anything about this archetype, it's like, Maybe you think about a symphony conductor with their little three-piece suit with tails. You know, they're like really classy symphony con conductors um, or the archetype of like people who attend symphonies. They're a little bit bougie. Um, and think about the archetype of a symphony. Like it's this extremely well-orchestrated event where 
it just comes together and it creates this beautiful music, but it doesn't just happen by accident. Do you know how many hours of preparation and practice go into making that divine timing seem to happen, right? So so a symphony, it just seems like everybody's like beautifully, ease, easily moving together. They have their conductor to hold them together. And if I had to say, I would say Saturn is the conductor here. Like Saturn is the one holding the rhythm, making it all work so beautifully together. Um, so, so what bring what Denisha brings to mind is the idea that like everybody has bad luck. Everybody has bad stuff happen to them, and good luck is not something that you either have or you don't. People that have good luck are what's that phrase like opportunity or like good luck is where preparation meets opportunity. I am full of quotes that I do not know who said. I just won't take credit for it. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but the notion that like a symphony, it seems like it just flows together perfectly and everything happens with divine timing perfectly. But no, these people have practiced and practiced and practiced. And then they have the opportunity to put what they practice together. And if you hear like, you know, any piece on its own, it doesn't have the same like awe striking thing to it as the entire symphony together does you know because I, I used to play um like I would I, I was in an orchestra in high school and I played violin and sometimes I would play like the harmonizing parts and when I would practice I'm like this sounds nothing like the melody of what the song we're playing because that's for like the first chairs or whatever um I never professed to be good but I enjoyed it um, so yeah, so it's like that kind of idea. You're practicing your own thing and it does, it may not look exactly like the whole symphony together, but we're all important parts of the symphony that is life. Right. And so that's Denishta. that we have Saturn retrograding there and this full moon is happening there. And Denisha is also ruled by Mars. So that's another, um, reason why I brought up like why Mars is another reason that Mars is extra important right now not just because it did just move it moves signs the day before the full moon the full moon's happening in a nakshatra in a lunar mansion ruled by Mars and um yeah so it's just it's important and it's bringing up some similar themes that we've been going through over the past couple years so if you do want to change your luck related to either where Capricorn is for you or Mars and or sorry Scorpio and Taurus axis if you were sort of working through some stuff there and it's still feeling like you're not quite done with that um this full moon is a time to think about it so our yoga practices if you join live I'm going to try to release this on Tuesday I'm actually about to rush off as soon as I get done recording and take my son to the dentist. Um, <laughs> big fun stuff. Anyway, so as soon as I get done recording, I'm rushing off to take my son to the dentist. I'm planning to record the membership sign by sign tomorrow. So just know that that will um, go out tomorrow for you. And for those of you in the membership, it, I usually release them at the same time. But my, like I said, my schedule has been all wonky. Saturn is retrograding my 12th house. I have no schedule compared to what I usually do. Anyway, um, so 
I just bring that up to say that if you listen to this before Wednesday and you're not in the membership and you want to try out our Yogi Scopes flow that happens at 8 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays and the recording does go into the membership. So you could just join the membership to get the recording. But if you want to try it out, just shoot me a message on social media or an email, rosemary at yogiscopes.com or find Yogi Scopes spelled just like this podcast, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S on any of the social media Actually, like, so I have a Twitter. I never check it, and I have the notifications turned off, so if you message me there, it could be months before I see it. Um, but on Instagram or Facebook, I will likely see it within a day or two. Um, so you can message me or send me an email, and then I'll definitely see it right away. And I will send you a one-time join link to join live if you see this or if you listen to this before about 7 a.m. tomorrow, Wednesday the 10th, or you can join live Uh, You can join the membership and you can catch the recording. But um, so we will go through a yoga practice that embodies this energy as we do every week. We embody whatever main energy is kind of going on that week. But I also want to explain here um, kind of my thinking when I design those those flows so that if you wanted to apply it to your own practice or your own teaching, you certainly could. Um, The peak pose is camel. And the reason for that, so you know camel ustrasana, um, it's the one where you're standing up on your knees and you lean back and you either catch your heels or maybe you just keep your hands on your lower back and you press your hips forward and you drop your head back and it's this really deep heart opener shape. And the reason I chose camel instead of similar heart opening shapes like uh, uh, upward facing bow pose that one would work too or regular bow pose on your also another one where you're on your belly and you catch your feet and you open your heart that way or even bridge pose is another similar heart opener um the reason i chose camel is because the amount that you have to dig your knees in and be extremely solid through your base and your knees um has it's very reminiscent of what I mean by the Mars in Taurus energy, the like digging your knees in, strong foundation, firm grip uh, to kind of hold you up as you dive backwards with your heart. And so another Brene Brown quote, she was on my mind this morning when I was planning this episode. Um, She says, strong back, soft front, wild heart. That is pretty much this energy. So the Mars in Taurus, um, the the Saturn and Capricorns, very like structures. Your what is your strong back here? Um, so that gets into the journal prompts. We'll get there in a second. Um, but in camel pose, a good camel pose is not just leaning back with no um, support. It's extremely active through the back of the body. So hamstrings, glutes. Uh, erector spinae, like all the muscles of your back and your glute, the back of the body is working really hard to pull the front of the body open. So the front of the body is soft. So it's a really um, good embodiment of this quote, strong back, soft front, wild heart that Brene Brown says. And that harkens back to this idea of Venus in Cancer. If you are Filling your own cup. If you are having structures in your life and boundaries and things to to be your own strong back, you can keep your front soft and not have to close off. So trauma and stuff 
closes us off in the front. It shortens our hip flexors. We protect our gut. It makes us shrink and close off. And so the ability to open the heart, it takes, you know, it's vulnerable. It's a leap of faith. But if we have our own backs, if we have a strong back, we're able to have a strong soft front and keep our heart wild because if we swing too far the other direction and we're like very guarded of our heart like overly boundaried hyper independent um it it doesn't feel very wild heart and it, it's fun to have a wild heart it's it only becomes not fun to have a wild heart if we don't have that strong back so camel pose is a perfect embodiment of this energy that I'm talking about so maybe you work through a camel pose but with the intention of keeping the back of the spine long so that everything in your back body is strong and fired up and holding you up so that you're able to be open through the front, open through the heart, and feel like you have a wild heart, like you're able to let your heart run wild and love others and love yourself, you know, and that only comes from having your own back, having a strong back. So, and tomorrow... The, the flow that I have designed is, in my opinion, a perfect flow for, for warming up for camel pose and embodying this, this kind of stuff. So join us, catch the recording if you're in the membership. But otherwise, here are your journal prompts. In what ways do I keep my back strong? In other words, how do I support myself? What structures in my life uh, do, I, do I keep so that I can love myself as well as love others? And then next question, how can I nourish boundaries so that I can love better? So we don't, that's why I say nourish boundaries. Cancer is this idea of nourishing. Um, we don't want to just be mean to other people and kick them out and be walled off. But we do need to nourish, like we set boundaries in a nourishing way so that you can have that wild heart and love better. Um, and then last question, in what ways do I keep my front soft so that my heart can stay wild? So you'll probably find that you, maybe you're, you're feeling good with this, like you do have a strong back, soft front, and wild heart, but there, could, there might be work on one end of the spectrum or the other. Maybe you could have a little bit more of a backbone, right? Or maybe you could stand to soften your front a little bit, or maybe a little bit of both. So that's the idea. In what ways do you keep your back strong? That could look like routines, um, whatever structures in your life that that supports your own backbone, your own back muscles, right? Um, and what boundaries do you set? What ways do you keep your front soft? You know, because we don't want to be too closed off, too walled off, right? So yeah, Cancer, Capricorn, Taurus, Mars, Venus, all this stuff. Godspeed and <laughs> good luck, you all. If I can support you, please let me know. I hope to see you all live in our Yogi Scopes flow in the morning. Message me if you would like a free drop in to that or catch the recording if you join the membership. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Have a wonderful full moon, dear friends. <laughs>